Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. Here's another $1,000 slam dunk winner. Oh, thank you. Winning $1,000 is like, oh, this is like the perfect thing. Your next shot at $1,000 is less than 20 minutes away. From the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. KXNO AM Des Moines. KXNO FM Ankeny. KKDM HD2 Des Moines. On iHeartRadio Station, now number one for podcasting. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. KXNO's Thirsty Thursday continues now with the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Here's your host, Jared Stansberry. Yo, it's the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Shout out to our great friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart. I've said it all year long. I miss my friend Tim Mullen. Haven't seen him this entire season. Him and Chris and Brent have been doing their their, uh, segments of the show remotely. And uh, I need to see Tim Mullen. I need to have a beer with my friend uh, here before too long. We're going to kick things right off here on the show. I'm going to be joined all hour by Steph Copley, co-host of uh, the Title IX podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. What's up, Steph? Not much. How are you, Jared? I'm good. Are you nervous? A little bit. You don't need to be nervous. <laughs> You've done how many podcasts now? Like, done a couple podcasts, but this is the first radio. Yeah, I guess so. It, don't don't worry. There's only a couple thousand people listening. <laughs> It just looks so much fancier in here than the Cyclone Fanatic podcast studio. What do you? Okay, <laughs> I designed that studio. What does that well, mean? there's your problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, you needed a woman's touch, I guess. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. When you leave Chris and I in charge of something like that, that's probably not going to get done very well. But it's a terrible idea, <laughs> just generally. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can't argue with that. Uh, we're going to bring in another legend of Cyclone Fanatic uh, on the program tonight. We're going to kick things right off with uh, Cyclone Fanatic football analyst, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Jay Jordan. What's up, brother? Hey, y'all. How are you? Doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's cold down here. Oh, please, Jay. We don't want to hear that. (laughs) It's 35. It's very cold. It's actually not that much warmer than it is here tonight. Uh, You got to go to a basketball game tonight, don't you? I do. I've got a little junior high basketball to attend. Man, I'm, that sounds exhilarating. I'm not going to – I don't know. I can't think of a better way to spend a Thursday evening than some junior high basketball, man. It's actually not that bad. I like the kids. they got a good little team. It's fun to watch. All right. So I, I believe you. I'll take your word for it. You don't usually uh, – you don't lie to me <laughs> on things like that. Uh, and I, I know I you won't about – the, about the Cyclones. I mean, you know, let's look back real quick at this game that, that – happened last saturday uh down in down in arizona um cyclones went 34 17 over oregon in the playstation fiesta bowl jay i think the thing that i was most satisfying you know satisfying from from my end was just getting an opportunity to see iowa state you know not only come out and beat a a power five team from another league besides the big 12 but do it in such a, a physically dominating fashion that they were able to and you know, I just I felt like that was a game where the Cyclones really were able to impose their will on a, a team that obviously has so many great athletes and and a lot of guys that are are really good at, at every position. Yeah, and it was interestingly a fairly predictable result just from an analyst perspective. Uh, if Oregon did not make uh, certain changes in their their modus operandi, which they didn't. Um, the defensive line for, for Oregon uh, had some st- 
studs and a particular, uh, particularly troublesome uh, player, but but the offensive line with the tight ends for Iowa State had the ability to control that. They did. They controlled them. They made space, and Oregon wasn't able to slow down the run game. It was just too effective at crucial moments. And you do that, you give Iowa State the ability to drive the ball. What you saw was Iowa State's ideal uh, situation. Control the ball, control the clock, run it methodically, throw strategically, and control your opponent. And Oregon kind of played into their hands. I think that when you talk about that offensive line, I mean, you know, now as we start looking into to next season, I don't know if you could have figured out a better or had a better way to, to cap the year than that game when you consider what now is going to be coming back for this team next season. You know, we already learned that Sean Foster will return for a, a sixth season of eligibility. Uh, you know, you're going to get Trevor Downing back, who basically only played a, a quarter and a half uh, in this year and, and is by all regards the, the best offensive lineman that Iowa State has. You know, you got Jared Hufford was even able to get into the game a little bit uh, against the Ducks. I mean, Iowa State's going to have seven guys along that offensive front uh, that return with with not just some starting experience, but pretty extensive starting experience at the Big 12 level. I mean, is there a unit on this team that you think has made a a bigger 180 from where they were when Matt Campbell got here than than what that group could have coming back next season? Uh, no, I mean, and, and we've cataloged extensively both in writing and on pods and the radio uh, Iowa State's frustrations a bit over the first four years uh, with the offensive line. Uh, now you see the result of strategic recruiting, and there are certain characteristics that these guys share uh, that you've seen year after year in the recruiting, and the development is starting to take place because these guys are all young, too, uh, outside of Foster. You're looking at, at younger players coming in, making a difference, and playing at a high level. Um, that's not altogether unusual on the offensive line, but it generally generally takes longer for them to mature. And now we're seeing them mature and become Big 12-level players, and hopefully they'll be able to take another step forward. But what a luxury to have the depth of almost two complete offensive lines with uh, experienced players and some exciting talent behind them that didn't get a chance to play this year. Guys like uh, Trevor, um, who you would project to have the talent to move into uh, a playing role next year. Jay, I got to ask you. I'm sure for everybody else, other than Iowa State fans watching that game, the second half was probably incredibly boring. But for someone like you, who really loves the X's and O's, just the complete command we had in the second half wasn't it just the best? <laughs> yes, Steph. It was. Uh... It was just one of those moments, you, you know, when you've you've done something well, you turn in an exam, you've made a great argument, you've, uh, you know, finished or completed a project, and you sit back and you just enjoy. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me, too. And I'm no X's and O's genius like you, but even I could appreciate just the methodical way we handled that second half. Yeah, and, and, and that that's kind of where I was coming from at the beginning when I said, uh, you know, it was an ideal situation for Iowa State. That is the manifestation of what Matt Campbell's been driving for for five years. That's what drives him is getting to that point. 
he talked about it after the Washington State bowl game, after the Alamo Bowl, about being able to get guys that can physically dominate people, dominate a game, impose your will. Last uh, had a not really a setback, but there was progress uh, in nineteen, and then this year, I think you saw this team progress from the first game all the way to that bowl game uh, along that line with a few blips, but they finally got to where. I think Matt Campbell has envisioned this program being just the start, but how great is it to have the start of that be in the Fiesta Bowl? Yeah, and a fairy tale ending to a, at least in Matt Campbell's eyes to to the season. I think. Yes, um, and you know I think the thing that was really encouraging to me was after the way that Brock had played in that Big Twelve championship game, and and you know to say that Brock played. He didn't play terribly in that game. We've seen better Brock play a lot better, obviously, and he had the three turnovers. But what he was able to do in this Fiesta Bowl, I thought he played considerably better under pressure. He looked a lot more poised. I mean, it, that was maybe one of, in my mind, Brock's – that's going to be one of Brock's signature games, I think, when we look back on his career. And obviously, he's got one more season left. Jay, what are the things that you think Brock really needs to, uh, you know, continue to improve on here as he goes into this offseason ahead of his senior season? And uh, where should some of those focuses be for him uh, in order to, you know, kind of max out what he can be as a college player? You know, what I don't know this season is how purposeful um, the throttling down of the deep ball was. Brock throws a pretty nice deep ball catchable uh and fairly accurately uh iowa state has some guys who can get deep i'm not sure if they they fully schemed they did at some points uh to keep the ball within the mid-range uh and away from from the deep ball but i I think if he can add that at some uh higher level or more frequency i think that will help his biggest barrier is just making good decisions all the time so coaches drill that. We drill that in every discipline of life. Make good decisions all the time. I'll tell you, my crew there in the in the stands at the at the championship game, after he he made that decision to to throw, I think he was looking for Kohler through an interception. <laughs> Each snap, uh, we would chant, "Make good decisions. Make good decisions. Just make the good decision." Uh, Brock is always trying to win. He's always going to push the envelope. If he can learn to pick his spots a little bit better, mature into making good, solid decisions with the football uh, on a consistent basis, then you have an efficient quarterback hit that very efficient level, that Baker Mayfield, not saying he's Baker Mayfield or anybody else, but that level of efficiency you see out of Oklahoma-type quarterbacks, like a you know, your Mac Jones-type quarterbacks, that efficiency, that that's – He's, he's the most efficient quarterback that we've had at Iowa State to take that next level and really be where I think he wants and deserves to be, improve that decision-making, relax, be the fourth-year starter that you are, let the game slow just a little bit, make good decisions, drop those turnovers down by three or four, and, and you're going to have a, a really solid senior season for Brock Purdy. How much of that, especially developing the deep ball, how much of that do you think falls on on that receiver room and someone kind of emerging at that spot? Is, is there anybody that you have, you know, obviously 
everybody's coming back at that position. Is there anybody that's on the team now that you think could really fill that role well? Or is that, in my mind, if I'm looking at this team and it's like, okay, where could they potentially add guys from the transfer portal or, you know, a junior college guy or something like that? Like, I think that if you could find a guy who is a, an additional, you know, really big time threat at the receiver position alongside Xavier Hutchinson, that will take this offense a long way in, in taking another step, especially if you're in a position, which obviously we don't know the answer to this right now, if you're in a position where you lose Charlie Kohler going into next year. I think the burden's on Shaw and Skates. For some reason, Skates just hasn't quite gotten it yet. He's just barely eluding him. But his physical talent is apparent, especially when you watch him off the ball. And uh, if he could improve his route running a bit and concentration on, on catching the ball, I think he could be that deep threat because he's fast enough to be. Uh, Shaw, I think, is fast enough to get deep as well. It's interesting to me that, that so many balls went uh, the, 50, the Iowa State 50-50 ball to Lazard and Butler, who, of course, uh, were elite talents. Uh, but they had the, basically the same stature that Sean Shaw has. And that hasn't been a huge vertical portion of the Iowa State passing scheme over the last couple of years. I'd like to see that come back. Some younger guys that aren't in the mix right now, it'll be interesting to see how Daniel Jackson, who got some playing time early before injury, um, develops. I, I look for Darian Porter out of Bettendorf to... Uh, be a factor in that. Uh, we'll see how those guys develop. But Shaw and Skates, big bodies, speed. Do they have the hands to get deep and contest for a 50-50 ball uh, or a deep ball down the middle? If those guys can take that net step forward, then this office, offense gets really fun. JR, tight end and receiver rooms are pretty solid coming into next year, but I'm sure you saw the news today about Kenny Nwongo declaring for the NFL draft, and Johnny Lang has decided to enter the transfer portal. So that leaves Brees Hall, which, of course, pretty solid, but also just it's down to him and Jirel Brock. So are you worried about the lack of depth there, and what do you think Iowa State needs to look for in the offseason? Well, don't forget Rory Walling is in that room, too. He is, you're right. Uh, you can't forget Rory Walling. <laughs> I, I trust Rory Walling with, with most things, even carrying the rock. Um, I, I think that's your transfer portal yeah. spot right there. I think they're looking for it. I think they're scouring for it right now. Um, you could see a position change, uh, see somebody come over from the uh, other side of the ball, um, like uh, Deshaun Davis, the linebacker. He played some running back in high school. In fact, I wasn't sure Iowa State wouldn't play him at running back for this exact eventuality um, and thought he was pretty good at it. So position change and uh, transfer portal is where they're going to have to address address Look, that because – go ahead. No, I was just going to say – I, I thought – sorry I cut you off. I thought you were going to uh, finish up there. But the the last thing I wanted to ask, and then Steph can ask if she's got anything else, what is the impact of N.E. Wajarike announcing today that he's going to return for another season? I mean, obviously you lose Jaquan Bailey, who's the – you know, all-time sacks king at, at Iowa State. But um, in addition to him, you know, Josh Bailey announced he's going to be a, dra- a graduate transfer in the transfer portal. Terrell Bankston's going to Louisiana, he announced today. Um, but getting any back, I feel like, is a, a massive win for this team. He really is. He's an excellent player. Um, going into this season, I felt like to take his game to the next level, we just had to see his motor. We just had to see him put forth uh, solid effort on every play, and he really progressed in that this year. 
Uh, is there another level for him to take? Yes, I think so. I think as a big man, he, he's maturing. Uh, if he is serious enough, um, comes back focused, uh, I think his motor uh, can be ramped up just a little bit more, and we could see a guy who can wreck a backfield. And like Jaquan off the edge, they used any a lot out on the edge last year, uh, but his versatility is invaluable to that defensive line and allows the other pieces to be deployed properly and not get overexposed. So it's just a huge uh, opportunity for him and a huge piece of news for Iowa State. Can we just all agree, you mentioned Rory Walling, that we need Rory everywhere on the field at all times because when that guy's in, good things happen. <laughs> so let's just find as many opportunities as possible to put the kid in. Yeah, let's, uh, let's make him a two-way player. Let's do it. It's 2021. Let's just get nutty, right? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I I actually did think of one more thing while you were were, my tongue there. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I did think of one more thing while you're talking about uh, any and you know Will McDonald. I was pulling some statistics today. Uh, In Will McDonald's first 24 games of his career, he's got 17 and a half sacks. There's no other player in the history of the Big 12 Conference that's had 17 and a half sacks in the first 24 games of their career. What? How much of that do, you, or, or what do you think will be the impact in that situation of losing Jaquan Bailey and not having him across from Will? And is there anybody on this team that you think could be a guy who could step in and be another? You know, they're not obviously going to be Will McDonald. Like I said, he's on like a historic pace right now, not only in the Big 12 but in the history of college football. But to be someone who can be kind of his running mate uh, when it comes to, to getting after the passer? Well, that's going to be the challenge, isn't it? Um, Zach Peterson, you would think, would be the heir apparent uh, to that. And Zach made, in, in his first year, he had some trouble with his vertical game. Uh, last year, he made, made impact uh, or made improvement in that area. And it'll be interesting to see if he can take another step forward and start to turn that vertical presence into vertical playmaking, uh, which is what what Will does. What I think is maybe the most intriguing intriguing part of the team, and I, you know, wrote an article like two years too early on on Will McDonald is his versatility. So that those stacked records, those sack numbers, and his prowess makes him a concern. Cause can cause line shifts um, and difficulty for an offensive line when he's down on the line, I'm interested to see what they do with him because they did it a little bit this year. They experimented with it, and he was pretty solid. Uh, being able to drop back and be a factor in pass coverage, uh, that can open up tremendous versatility in the pressure game, and he's the key to that. So I'm, I'm curious to see what, what the professor dials up with him and how he develops uh, the rest of his game to be a complete um outside backer, 3-4 outside backer type as opposed to a pass rush specialist. Now, if he stays a pass rush specialist, I'm fine with that. <laughs> He's pretty good. Uh, but I think the defense as a whole could create a pivot point with the ver- versatile player uh, that frees up other players uh, to create pressure in, in exciting ways. All right, buddy. I know you got to get to your basketball game. Tell Sam to get buckets for us, and uh, <laughs> and and we'll talk to you again soon. I'm sure that we're going to have uh, plenty of opportunities to talk about football because I think it's going to be a fun off season. It's going to be a really fun off season. I'm excited about it. Y'all do well.
Good to talk to you. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, Jay. So Jay Jordan, Cyclone Bye-bye. Fanatic uh, football analyst here on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show. Man, just talking to Jay Jordan gets me fired up. Me too. It's kind of like the Dan McCartney effect. It makes me want to run through a wall. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Jay would probably... he. He would tell you he's nowhere near Dan McCartney, but he has a. It's a very similar effect. It's a lot more uh, dialed down, though. Yeah, Jay, but it almost he's like makes a lot it, more relaxed. But it almost makes it sneakier, you know. I feel like uh, Coach Coach Mac is like um, Coach Mac is like pounding a twenty rack, like a twenty four <laughs> rack of of Bush Lights, whereas Jay is like sipping on a fine whiskey. That's an excellent way to put it, actually. But either way, at the end, you feel like right. you want to run through a wall. Right. You get to the same position. It's just like, what's the route that we're going to take to get there? Uh, and it always ends up in a, in a pretty good spot. But uh, let's talk some Iowa State uh, hoops. Wait, we... Can, we re- can we pause for one second? I have a question for you. Yeah, for sure. So why were you pulling those Will McDonald stats today? Because they were, they're bananas. Well, yeah. I mean, I I am one of those people who just enjoys looking at college football reference. And honestly, I saw... I was looking at something else. I think I was looking at Kane's kick returns in Big 12 history, which Kane's like third all-time in kick return yards in the history of Big 12, which is crazy. But uh, I saw it. I just like happened to see that Will led the nation in sacks. And I was like, whoa, okay. Why well, did not see anybody say that? So then I wondered, you know, I saw he had 17 and a half sacks, and I saw that it was 25th in the history of Big 12 is 17 and a half sacks. I know that Jaquan Bailey at 25 and a half is, I think, fourth. So I was, was like, okay, well, Will's only played like twenty something games. I was, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go through and see what, you know, how these, uh, how all these other guys, like how fast they got to these marks, and um, only one other guy had gotten to 17 in his first 24 games, which Abraham Wright had like tw- 17 sacks in like 21 games, which is nuts. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, but even the guys like Von Miller is the all-time leader in sacks in the Big 12. He's got 33, and most of them came when he was a, a junior and a senior after he'd played two full seasons. I mean, all those guys that are up above Will, it came when they were or, you know, later in their career of four-year careers. And the pace that Will is on right now, it, with his current – pace that he's on in sacks he would finish in the top probably six in the history of college football in sacks and he's not he's has zero starts yeah and he's start, he start he's tied for last with uh in, in starts uh in the history of college football as well but that that's why i pulled it up because i just that's insane why that are pace we not talking nuts. about this I, I i feel like he's just so good that it's almost like you don't even think you just about expect it. it. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, anytime he gets a sack, I'm just like, of course it's Will McDonald. Yeah. Who else would it be? You know, I don't know. It's uh, he's a fun player. He's one that's going to be really fun to uh, to get an opportunity to watch here, um, at least for one more year. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if Will gets some opportunities uh, a little bit earlier than than playing all four years. So we'll talk some Iowa State hoops, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more football even later on in the show when we come back here on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show powered by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive on the Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. In 2020, we learned how important sports can be and how quickly they can be taken away. In 2021, we'll enjoy every last second. Join us on 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, or anywhere in the world with iHeartRadio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, KXNO. 
Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clyde. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do, and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, maybe you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NMS. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. This year has brought challenges unlike any other, but if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in times of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, an initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have participated, including 30,000 first-time donors. The gifts thus far total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company and go Cyclones. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. 
It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams from CycloneFanatic.com. I'm here today on behalf of my friends at the Iowa Clinic. I want you to go to the iowaclinic.com. That's iowaclinic.com and get information on your annual flu vaccine. With the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing, we got to do what we can to protect our immune systems from diseases like the flu. Fortunately, there's a good way to do it. It's the flu vaccine. So here's your phone number, 515 515- 875-9000. Give them a call to schedule it. Or you can go on and schedule an appointment online at iowaclinic.com. The Iowa Clinic has offices in West Des Moines or where I go, in Ankeny. I'm Chris Williams reminding you, get that flu shot. It's more important this year than ever. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Welcome back to Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, presented by Nebraska Furniture, Martin Clive, here on uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. George Stansbury, Steph Copley. Steph, what's up? Uh, do you want to hear something embarrassing about me? Yeah. We did a show choir to that song, our entry music right there. <laughs> you, were in, you were in show choir. Does this surprise you in the slightest? <laughs> Honestly, no. <laughs> it shouldn't. I could probably, you know, do some of the. Is moves. there a video of it? Oh yeah. Oh, I figured. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so many home videos. They're in a locked safe in someone's basement, so no one can see them again. The, the one thing that I wish existed from my life is, uh, I wish there were videos of the plays that I was in, in high school. There are videos that the of the plays and musicals that I was in. So there you go. Yeah, they. That was like one of the things that. Uh, you know Ken Balser, a legend, member of the uh, Iowa Thespian Society Hall of Fame, uh, in Cardinal Theater. He was he didn't let them tape the performances. Wow. Yeah, not even a, it ruined know. the it ruins the uh, experience if you have like if you watch it on video, it's not the same as seeing it in a the theater. Yeah, but then you don't have the memories. That's why we're elite, though. <laughs> Something like that. That's why we're that's why Cardinal Theater's elite. It's some one of the best in the state. You can ask ask Chris Williams. He'll tell Trust you all me. about it too. He's told us all about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> it's it's as good as it gets. Uh all right, let's talk Iowa State Hoops. Let's do it. Um got Texas Tech coming up on on Saturday. Uh this The stretch of the schedule. Yeah. I, I mean just let's be honest. The entire Big Twelve schedule as a whole is rough, but I feel like this stretch is particularly painful. Well and I think we, I mean, we knew that it was going to be this way. I remember I did the show with Ross one day where he like listed out all these games and I, he went through this, uh, he said a whole bunch of games and I kind of, my eyes kind of glassed over and I was like, okay, <laughs> how many games did you just list? And he's like eight. And 
and I said, yeah, uh, I think six of the eight at the time were against teams that were either in the top 10 or were in the top 15. And, you know, obviously they're kind of getting, they're about the halfway point of that right now where you've got, uh, you got Texas Tech, you go on the road to Kansas State, Kansas, Texas, and Texas Tech again. I know, and that's the weird part of the schedule this year. It almost feels like a mirror. Like you get through it once, and then you have to flip it and just play all of it in reverse. Yeah, and then, oh, oh, your reward right after you get through that stretch is you get to go, or you come back home and play Oklahoma State with the potential number one overall pick in the NBA draft, Cade Cunningham. Go on the road, play Mississippi State, and then, hey, you get to come home again and play West Virginia. So... Uh, brutal right there's no no points of relaxation for the cyclones on the this schedule coming up but you know and I, I wrote about this a little bit yesterday on cyclonefanatic.com and it's ha- it's kind of been tough for me and I, I I think I've told you this a little bit I feel like I'm the pessimistic one which is not normally how I am I would agree with that uh, I usually am the one who can find some silver linings I'm the guy who uh, held like to the very end that Michael Jacobson was going to be a consistent three-point shooter and you know as hard as I try with this team <laughs> it's just it it's really hard for me to be like positive about it because I I think that the reality is you know I can admit they're getting better. I'm not going to say they're not no, getting better. No, we can all admit that, yeah. right? But it's it's also where I sit there and I know how good the rest of the league is. That it's like I still have a hard time looking at the schedule and being like, oh yeah, like that seems like a gimme win, you know? Like there I, are I, no gimme wins. Well, yeah, and like I think I feel more confident now that they can go on the road and beat Kansas State. Yes. Obviously, we've seen Kansas State already kick their butt, so it's like, can can I say like, oh, I'm a pick them to win probably not because i've already seen k-state kick their butt uh i feel more confident that they could beat a tcu like i feel more confident that they could beat oklahoma state even with the talent that they've got but it's like i feel like they're just one of those teams that more often than not every game they're going to play is close and no matter who it is and it comes down to either that team on a given night doesn't make shots or the cyclones make a few more shots than what they normally do and it's hard for me right now still to look at it and be like, I don't, I can't see them going better than 4-14 four and 14 in no, the league. I think you set it out really well in your column because you acknowledge the fact that, yes, they're definitely improving. No one's going to argue that. But they're still lacking those tools that they need to close out a game. And they just, even if they play what's essentially a perfect game, they're probably not going to out, outmatch a lot of those, I guess, I was going to say top tier, but I don't even think, I mean, like maybe top half of the big 12 yeah well and that's where you know i pulled the stat where i think seven i think there's seven teams in the big 12 that are in the top 60 in ken palm and defense which like top 60 you know once you kind of get i want to say there was five in the top 15 or yeah, something I like that right here yeah you have five big 12 teams inside the top 25 of the you're talking defense right yeah 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 and then four of those five in the top 15 yeah, yeah. and then i think on offense it's i mean it's pretty similar where i think five of them are in the top, top 25 20. yeah yep. yeah and so like it's a it's an issue where not only are these teams you know there's been these teams in the past where it's like where it's like fred's teams yes fred's teams were always really good on offense and then they'd be okay on defense or they might be you know below average yeah. usually they were closer to being okay because okay. they could be consistent enough most nights or you'd to, have one guy like a chris babb or someone who could right get locked down right and now 
Like, and that, there were a lot of teams like that. Whether it was offense or defense, you were good at one thing, and then you were kind of okay at another one. Right. Like now, you've got teams where like not only are they like good at those things, they're like elite. Yes. You know, in both is what you're saying. Yeah. There, yeah. There's ones that are elite in both, or if you've just got one, you're elite in that one. Right. Like Texas Tech's offense is nothing to write home about, but their defensive statistics, like they're like tenth in Ken Palm. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the country, and it's where. On any given night, like Texas Tech doesn't have to score that much because you're not going to score exactly. at all. Because we're average in both of those, right? And that's below average, and, and that's where like I, I see Iowa State having a problem because they don't have anything to hang their hat on. You don't have anything that on any given night you know like okay this thing we know we're going to be good at this, right? You know, every night Texas knows they're going to come out and guard people. Yep. Texas Tech knows they're going to come out and guard people. Baylor come out and guard people. Kansas. As, as bad as they've looked at times this year, going to come out and guard people. And even with Kansas State, like, their numbers aren't good. But if you watch them, they come out and guard people. And, like, Iowa State, I don't feel confident every game that they're going to come out and guard people at a very high level. You flip it over to the other side, like, it's the same thing. Like, Texas, their numbers are a lot better than what I expect them to be on offense. But Iowa State is, like, 85th in offense and 95th in defense. And, like, being average like that, where you can't – rely on either one to get you through on a given night you're it's just it's gonna be hard to win in this league yeah and it's uh as the schedule we just laid out shows you it's not going to get any easier right well and if you're you know i think even like if if they were in a position where they're in if they're in the top 60 but they're on the lower end of the 60 you know like say you're 50th in offense and 58 in defense like then you're a little bit closer to being like good you know, you're good at both. You're not great at either one, but you're good enough. And you might have a night where you're especially good or great. Right. Yeah. You Like, you can swing a yes. little bit more. Whereas, right. like, when you get down into being barely in the top 100, you go from being, like, you know, the best you can probably be is good. The worst you can be is bad. Re- real bad. <laughs> is really bad. And that's just, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's going to take where, and again, like, I, I can admit they're, they look better but there's going to be a lot of these games where they they're in it with ten minutes That's left. That's what I was just going to say. And they just they it looks like they run out of gas. Yes. And part of that I think is because right now, I mean, their depth is questionable at best. I don't know that the rotations have shaken out near what you would hope for them to be. And I think some of that is based on injuries. Obviously, Xavier Foster continuing to be banged up, I think, plays a role in that, especially in the front court. You could see it. I mean, he was limping for a part of the Texas game. Yeah, and I mean, what what's happened to George Conn this year has been I don't has yeah. been tough. Yeah, because he does not look like the same guy that he did earlier in his career. And uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. You know. When George got here and when he first started playing, that was a guy that just like he exuded like energy, energy. and yes. uh, and excitement and like you knew that he was just having fun playing basketball. Easy to root for, right? Like that. And right now, when I watch George Condit, I don't and like this is just me being honest. George doesn't look like he's having that much no, fun playing basketball. It looks like it's a burden. Yeah, it looks like it's really weighing on him. Yep. And I'm sure some of that's the pressure, you know, and like that's understandable. And it's he's a weird year. Yeah, and it's a weird year. But it's where you like I sit here, I sit back and I'm like, man, I, I feel bad for him 
because I just don't. I think it seems like something isn't right. Yeah, there. and it, I'm just speculating. No, that's of just course, me but watching, that's what it but, looks like. It looks like the joy has been sucked out of it for him. Yeah, and that makes me sad because me too. because of how good of a kid George is. Yes, and I, you know, that's kind of been. A th- I know we talked a lot about it last year, but that's kind of been the theme the last couple of seasons. It's just like there's not the spark that the Iowa State spark that we're used to. And that's and that's going to be especially hard in a pandemic year when things are very strange and you don't have the hilt magic. And I completely understand all of that, but it's just been kind of a drag. Yeah, and I I think like the thing about these guys is they play really hard. Yeah, and I think you can tell they care absolutely a ton. But I'll be honest, they're all too good of kids. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a really bad way to put it. But you need somebody rough in there. They're, they're all too. They're too nice. You know, like, do you get what I'm saying? Kind yeah. of like, like, like I said, it's a really crude way of, of putting it. No, but I like, it, you know, DeAndre kid, DeAndre Kane yeah. was a good guy. Like, don't no, no, don't I know get what you're me saying, wrong. But he had that stri- the killer instinct. Yeah. Streak. Melvin Edgem, one of the best people that yes. you're ever going to meet. A class act. Uh, Dustin Hogue, same thing. Like when he smiled, like Dustin Hogue had a smile a, a, a mile wide. But when it came time to to go get get something done, that guy might kill you. Yeah, you know, and it's where I need a guy who like you know, or I think Iowa State right now needs a guy that can take you over. you don't think he's gonna beat someone up on the basketball floor, but you're not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> well, and t- I feel like Tyrese is a good example of someone like that. Tyrese is the happiest looking man on the planet. You just look at Tyrese and you think that guy is happy about life. But he had that streak in him where he could go take it over. The Cyclones don't have that this year. They don't. There's just no one that's. There's not a specific leader, and it doesn't even need to be a point guard. There's just no one on the floor that takes over that you can count on to handle a game or handle a situation or a specific moment. You know, a big moment in the game. Right, and it it just it's it's tough because like I think that they've got guys that are talented. I think they're top to bottom more talented than they what they were last season i would agree with that but it's it's where like i just i don't know how well the pieces fit together and you know you don't see that guy that's like stepped up to be the alpha dog you know and that's where i feel like they they are just really lacking that guy who can be the 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 big voice in the room and i know we've talked about this ad nauseum and i you know i hate to keep bringing it up because we can't do anything about it but the lack of a non-conference this year was killer to this team because the things that they're working out now that clearly they are improving upon could have been worked out weeks before and now we're in this really difficult stretch of a season uh, of a schedule and we're trying to you know shake things out that that I think probably maybe not fix the season, maybe not win these games, these close games, but at least, you know, win the games that we should like the K-States. Right. Yeah. Well, it's where you're trying to get people into solidified roles and, and figure out lineups and yeah, you don't get to play. I mean, yeah, they played against Jackson state. They played against Arkansas Pine Bluff and all that kind of stuff. But like, then that's when you're still learning what we have to fix and what the roles are. Yeah. And you're not, you just don't even know, like, you don't know, like what, how is this guy going to do when the lights are on, you know? So it's kind of like, you're just learning on the fly. And when you're playing in the big 12, you don't have an opportunity to learn on the fly. 
And I made a comment, you know, on Saturday, I think we had 21 turnovers. Yeah. And I made a comment afterwards, well, that can be fixed. And then I thought, well, maybe it actually can't be fixed with this team because we're lack. maybe we're just, we're lacking a point guard or we're lacking a specific person. I don't know. What do you think about that? Let's talk about that more when you take a quick break. And then we'll talk about that when we come back on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show presented by Nebraska Furniture, Martin Clive, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Basketball season in Hawkeye country, and we've got you covered. Previews before the games, recaps the next day. Enjoy the ride with us, Hawkeye fans, right here on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 AM and 106.3 FM, KXNO. Hey, y'all, Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds, and they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive, and always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero down sign and drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life. Carl Chevrolet. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. Challenges impacting every one of us in some way. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in time of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university. Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 30,000 first-time donors. These gifts total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign, now in its final year, has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size, and the impact is seen across campus. During these challenging circumstances, the generosity of Iowa State donors is what keeps the heart of campus beating. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. 
This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Hey, psych it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and, don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish cream liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones! Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, presented by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KX, 106.3 FM, Jared Stansbury and Steph Copley. They should be uh, announcing the winner of the Doak Walker Award here uh, before too incredibly long, which Brees Hall, Iowa State's Brees Hall, is obviously a, a finalist for. It did that just, Bryce Hall kid, you mean? Yeah, Bryce Hall. <laughs> uh, it did actually just come across my email here about 10 minutes ago. Uh, that Brees Hall is now the first unanimous All-American in the history of Iowa State football. He That would mean that he uh, was selected to the All-American team, first-team All-American team by uh, the Walter Camp Foundation. So congrats to Brees. That's uh, incredible. A, a historic achievement for him in the history of Iowa State. To to get that, you have to be a, uh, a first-team All-American um, from five different outlets, which these are the ones that the NCAA recognizes when picking consensus All-Americans, it's the Associated Press, Football Writers Association of America, American Football Coaches Association, the Sporting News, and Walter Camp. There's one of those five things that is not like the other, and that's the Sporting News, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, he's probably not going to win the Doak Walker just because of how good Najee Harris was. But regardless, you know, Brees in rare territory and and i know that there's going to be people out there that say oh what about troy davis troy davis unanimous all-american no he wasn't he only was on four of the teams consensus is that the difference he he was consensus uh but not unanimous two years in a row uh he missed out on one of the teams both seasons i think one year he didn't get on the uh football writers association team and then i want to say the other one he was not on the Walter Camp team. I learned the difference this season between consensus and unanimous, and I'm very glad to know the difference now. I'm glad to have a reason to know the difference. Yeah, well, I, uh, I so I, we're talking about my college football reference deep dives that I that I do. Um, 
when all of these uh, all American teams started coming out, I you know I was wondering like. So it was a school record for Iowa State to have four guys on the uh, AP All-American team. I was like, man, I wonder like how many AP All-Americans Iowa State's ever even had. So I went through and I tr- <laughs> like I made a spreadsheet of every different you know consensus uh, the main uh, All-American teams. Yeah, yeah. and I uh, I made a whole spreadsheet where I have all of them listed from every team that they. And well, hopefully you need that spreadsheet a lot in the coming seasons. I have a feeling that uh, that I probably will, I based so on, on the way things have been going so far. Um, all right, let's get back to this conversation we were having about Iowa State basketball. We left things off. We were talking about the, the turnovers that this team uh, has been, uh, the turnover problems that have been plaguing this team. I was going to use the word plague, too. That's a good word for it. And I don't know. So they're averaging... Oh, gosh. Did you just uncover something that made you sick? Uh, they're averaging 16 <laughs> turnovers a game. That's not great. That's no, that is not very good. Uh, I don't know where that would rank in uh, in the country. I'm gonna guess it would be low. Uh, but that is the thing that, in my mind, is really holding them back the most from becoming more efficient offensively. Because you, uh, Matt Schultz, the sports information director for, for basketball uh, up at Iowa State, tweeted out a, a statistic today that this was the first time in the Big 12 era that Iowa State had shot better from three-point range than every team that they'd played in their first four games. So in the first four games, they've shot a better percentage from three than their opponent, which is a crazy stat when you consider where Iowa State basketball has been. Right, when you consider the ball years. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, you look at it and you're like, okay, then why are they not? Yes. Why are they it's not? It's a great stat, but it's also a terrible stat. Right. It's like, why are they not scoring more points then? And, I mean, I think the the thing that, in like I said, in my mind is really holding them back is those turnovers because it, it makes it nearly impossible to go on runs offensively when, you know, if, if you're turning it over at the right. rate that they are. And it's a... It's crazy to, to look at their team right now because uh, even that game against Texas is a good example where Razier Bolton comes out with two fouls. He sat for about five minutes. They didn't score in the whole five minutes. Yeah. But Razier comes back in and Razier turns it over. Yes. At a, at, has turned it over since they started playing, um, since they started Big 12 play at a, an alarming rate. And I'm going to pull up those those numbers right now, but I don't know what it takes to fix this. And you and you said, you know, you kind of mentioned like what um, if that's a fixable thing, right? I think it is. I I think it is too to right? an ex, to an extent, <laughs> but I also feel like it's where you've got some guys that are playing in positions that it's just become blatantly clear to me. Razier Bolton is not a point guard. Yes, like I think Razier Bolton is crucial to Iowa State's offensive success. But that is not as a point guard. And maybe and maybe that's to the point that you mentioned. It's fixable to a point when you have the guys playing in roles that they're comfortable playing in, um, when it's more of an anomaly. And maybe this just isn't an anomaly. So, okay, so I pulled it up. In Big 12 play, or here in the in Iowa State's last five games, so that goes back to the Kansas State game. Uh, Razier had seven turnovers in 36 minutes against Kansas State. He had zero in 40 minutes against West Virginia, had four in 39 minutes against Jackson State, had five in 39 minutes against Baylor, and five in 30 or in 29 minutes mm, against Texas. That hurts. And like that's just where I, you look at that and it's like it's hard to have that guy be your guy that is going to handle the ball for you 
on every possession, you know? And I, I was telling someone the other day that the person that Razier reminds me the most of right now, and not, and it's, it comes with a caveat at the point guard spot is Lindell Wigginton. Mm. And obviously Lindell, he's a, Lindell is a more like naturally talented guy. Uh, but it's the way that they play in the sense that there's only one gear and that gear is go yeah. all the time. And I think you can see that when, uh, especially when Razier attacks the rim, there's only one gear. It's go. <laughs> right. And it's, and that has gotten him into some trouble. I think you saw a situation in that game against Texas where he's driving to the rim, he gets a step on a, on a guy, and instead of doing a layup or trying to draw a foul or something like that, he tried to dunk on Jericho Sims. Yeah. And nothing against Rozier. I respect the confidence. But man, when I think of Rozier Bolton, I don't think posterizer. <laughs> I don't think I don't think high flyer. You know, and and that's just it, it's where you. Like, I just wonder, like, man, like, I'd, can you trust that guy to be, like, your primary scorer, you know? And I hate to, like, call out individual people, but it's the same kind of thing we would have talked about with Lindell, you know? Absolutely. Lindell had a lot of the same problems where it's just he would turn the ball over too much and he would make decisions that you sit there and you're like, what, like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, especially when you're assuming the role of a point guard. That is what you are the decision maker. You're the floor leader. So you can't have, you know, you don't have that luxury. Right. And I think if Razier's spot where he's the number two guy, yeah. then he could be really good. Which, again, last year, before Tyrese got hurt, Razier was awesome right. at the two-guard spot. Right. But once Tyrese got hurt, you saw his numbers take a drastic dip towards the end of the year. And, you know, maybe bringing in Tyrese Hunter next year will will make an impact there. But it's it's on, in my mind right now, for them offensively, it's on someone on that team stepping up to prove that they can be a primary ball handler besides Razier. Whether that's Jaden Walker coming off the bench, which is a guy that, you know, in high school I know had the tools. He's coming off the knee injury that he had to have surgery on at the beginning of last year and is just kind of still working his way back in. I think he's got the pieces physically to be that guy, but he's a freshman and he's right. played in like three games. Right. Uh, could it be Javen Johnson? I think that's someone that's, again, got the pieces, but even then we've seen Javen do some of those things where it's like, what are you doing, man? And he's fun to watch when he's in When he's cooking. Yeah. yeah. Right. When he gets in his bag, then he's nice. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, I, and, but these are the, these are the, the worries that I still have about this team. Like, and I said this before, I'm not going to say that they didn't, they're not getting better. They're absolutely getting better. And I think that this team is absolutely improving. They're playing harder than what they were earlier in the year. I think you're seeing, though, where some of just the limitations that the roster has are coming to bite them. And they're going to continue to bite them until someone can step up to fill some of those roles that you have to fill in order to win in this league. Um, Can I give a plug for women's basketball? Yeah, for sure. I've just, it's kind of the opposite is going on the women's basketball team. They are definitely still trying to figure out their identity, but I think they almost have the opposite problem where they have so many pieces that they're not exactly sure where they all fit, where I feel like the men have some limitations. That was a nice problem to use to have back in the day, wasn't it? (laughs) You're absolutely right. And I think that's a, it's a nice problem for the women's basketball team as well. So I try to plug them as much as I can, but you know, if you need something entertaining to watch, watch the women's basketball team because they're they're super young, 
Ashley Jones is leading, you know, pretty much every uh, midseason awards list or in every midseason's uh, watch list because she's just absolutely incredible. And they're a lot of fun. So if you're getting kind of worn out by the by the men, check out the women. They've got a stretch of winnable games coming up here yeah. too, don't they? Yeah. Uh, they've got Texas Tech uh, coming on up on, on Sunday. They're in the top 25. Yeah. And then you've got um, Oklahoma State and they go on the road to Baylor. But, I mean, obviously the league is just so good that it, you're going to play those teams at the top. But I, I think that probably by the time February rolls around, that team will be, They're gonna be in good shape. Rolling Hope for sure. So. Thanks, Steph. Yeah, for it was coming a blast. In to to do the show. Thanks to Jay Jordan for joining us uh, to kick things off. We'll be back uh, again next week from six to seven uh, with the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive on the Morning Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six point three FM.